For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Welcome back, Dolphins fans. We are on our second part here with Greg Likens, former Finsider, current host on 790 The Ticket and 560 WQAM. Last time we talked about the draft. This time we're going to talk a little bit about the state of the team in the front office and pretty much anything else Greg wants to talk about. We love having him here. Greg, welcome back yet again. So, Dolphins are done with the draft. The offseason's rolling. We're right around the time that you can sign free agents without affecting the compensatory formula. What do you think the Dolphins are going to do next? Well, I, I am looking forward to seeing them add some more talent to this roster, Paul, because, you know, you look at the current state of it, and I, I'm not comfortable with the way the offensive line is built. I, I know that you know, I think Michael Dieter is going to have a chance to come in and play. I'm not too confident in Isaiah Prince. And, and so at that point, I think that when you look at the possibility of Zach Stirrup starting a right tackle, maybe Jesse Davis, that's okay, but there are plenty of other established tackles that are available. And I'm not saying they're going to be world beaters, not going to be here long term, but I think you need to get in some more talent and some depth at that position because, you know, I, I not, not to take a shot at Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he was just going to be the quarterback, then perhaps you could get by and, and go into the season, whether they want to admit it or not, in kind of tank mode. But now that Josh Rosen is in the fold, you have a 16-game sample size, essentially, to see if he's the guy or not. And you need to make sure he's upright. You can't have a replay of what he experienced in Arizona. So I think that's where I would start. And they also – the entire roster is devoid of legitimate pass rushers. So when Charles Harris is, is your top returning talent in that regard and he's only got three sacks in his career, something needs to change there. So I think between a pass rusher and an offensive line or lineman or two – that's what they need to do and address that in free agency. And I think they're being smart about it. They, they want to make sure they get to the certain point of the offseason where they don't affect their compensatory picks. And then at that point, uh, they've got plenty of cash space. They, they need to make a few more adjustments to this roster to ensure that they can put, you know, a decently competitive product on the field. Yeah, and when you look at it, the Dolphins have been linked a little bit to Nick Perry, the former Packer, who does have a bit of an injury history, but has certainly shown a lot of talent getting to the to, getting to the passer. And then you've got guys like Jared Valdir, uh, Jordan Mills, and, and a few others as well for the offensive line out of the market. So there's definitely room to help out in those areas. I I know it was something we all thought would be a little more focused in this year's draft. And you know, boy, did Chris Greer knock it out of the park and, and put one over on us. Um, outside of those, do you see anybody else on the market that stands out to you that you think Miami could be going after here? Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on the Nick Perry uh, because I know that's been reported. Uh, you know, another guy that I, I'm not all that interested in Ezekiel Anson because he can't seem to be, stay healthy and he'll probably want more money. I've seen Shane Ray's name as a possibility. Maybe they bring back William Hayes again. I know that wouldn't be all that sexy, but certainly he, he's been productive in what they've asked him to do. Uh, you mentioned Valdir. I, I can also see uh, a guy in maybe Donald Penn, Jeremy Parnell. Um, 
even Mike Remmers. I mean, there's there's some of these guys that have been around for a while. They're established, but again, like I'm not expecting these players to come in and be world beaters, but they certainly need somebody who is competent, who's got experience, who can help protect whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen who's out on the field. Now, I know we've talked a lot about Rosen. I know Fitzpatrick kind of becomes a forgotten man, so I'm glad you brought him up. How do you see that playing out between the two of them this season? That's the the big question now, I think, as we enter the mini camps and certainly training camp, is, is how Brian Flores handles this situation. When I, when I heard Flores, after the draft, say that Josh Rosen's like any other player on this roster, he's got to come and compete. And I like the fact that he said that the coaches have to compete, the janitors have to compete, the journalists have to compete. Anybody who walks <laughs> into that building in Davey has to compete. So I, I like the tone that he's setting. And so far, just on a side note, I think Flores has said all the right things publicly that you'd want to hear from your first-year head coach. With that in mind, though, Paul, like I don't see any scenario in which Josh Rosen should not be on, on the field week one. Now, I've had this debate with a lot of people. Uh, I've talked to some of the co-hosts on the radio and, uh, you know, I did a show uh, recently with Damian Lewis, uh, former Miami Hurricane and number 12 overall pick in the 2001 NFL draft as a defensive tackle. And, and he was telling me, he said, hey, Brian Flores needs to have a true competition between these two, because if he wants to establish the appropriate culture and you've got these guys just handing a job to a second year player in Josh Rosen, then you could risk losing the locker room because if Fitzpatrick plays better than Rosen, then, you know, you, 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 everybody notices that. So while I, I kind of tend to doubt that Fitzpatrick's going to be so much better than Josh Rosen, uh, I do think there's a valid point there because I'm kind of the other mindset, Paul, just give Rosen the job now and, and give it to yeah. him so we can see him out on the field because essentially big picture for the Dolphins, they've got to figure out whether he's got the goods or not. If he does, Awesome. That'd be best case scenario. If he doesn't, then you need to know whether you need to position yourself for Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, whoever it might be that you covet in next year's draft at the quarterback position. Yeah, and you, you kind of brought another point to mind when you said that. I mean, it, it's something that we've seen in the past where when you do have those type of competitions, it, unless Fitzpatrick is clear-cut, head and shoulders, far and away the winner, I would think it would have to go to Rosen at least at that point, even if you do have a true competition, because at that point, the upside of Rosen versus the, you know, exactly what you've got in Fitzpatrick would have to win out there. I would think. Yeah, I'm with you. If, if it's anywhere close and you've got that competition, then the tie has to go to Josh Rosen because, you know, Fitzpatrick seems like a good dude. He's got a great sense of humor. We know that, he likes to eat cake in the off season. He's got seven kids, but like he's turning 37 during this upcoming year. So we, we already know what he is as an NFL commodity. And the real purpose of making the trade for, for Josh Rosen is to find out what he is and, and whether you can work with him in the future or not. And it's a pivotal, pivotal decision. I mean, Paul, think about it before they traded for Josh Rosen, this entire off season has revolved around not getting to 2019, but essentially getting to 2020, right? Before they traded for Rosen, it's like, all right, it's going to be a long 2019, but hey, guess what? They're going to have a ton of cap space and a bunch of draft picks in 2020. It's like we're all looking ahead to next year. 
Now that you have Rosen, you have something legitimately to be excited about to at least monitor on a week-to-week basis. And so uh, if you're the coaching staff, if you're the front office, you want, for all intents and purposes, Rosen to come out and fly in colors, win this job, and see him on the field for 16 games. And if he's really good, that'll be great. And if not, you need to know that before you make it a, your, your best educated decision in 2020. And the other point to that as well goes back to something that, that you said earlier in the show, which is the offensive line is, is not a deep room right now. And, you know, they're, they're one or two injuries away from pulling people off the street, essentially, at that point. So when you look at the beginning of the season, you almost want, would want Rosen starting right away, I would think, when you have your healthy offensive line and your best offensive line out there to at least give him a chance to show you what he's got before you basically give him the old Texans treatment, which was draft a couple quarterbacks, throw them behind an offensive line that's terrible, and turn them all gun-shy after they're getting drilled week in and week out. Right, yeah, and he, he kind of went through that last year in Arizona. And so, you, you know, what's part of what's been fascinating, maybe at this point it's getting a little old now for, for Dolphins fans, but you've heard all of the different either reasons why he wasn't very good in Arizona or reasons why – uh, you know, he's going to be better in a different scenario. And so, you know, one of that those reasons is that he just had a bad offensive line that was riddled with injuries. So, you know, it's it's going to be, if you're Josh Rosen or any quarterback, a losing proposition if you're running for your life. So I'm with you. I mean, you've got to make sure that he can have a decent group up front so that you can get a fair evaluation of him. Because if he turns into the same Josh Rosen from last year in terms of not having time, I think it's 52 sacks that he endured. I mean, you're just not going to be able to fairly evaluate him. And then at that point, certainly they can evaluate him behind the scenes at practice, you know, when the fans are able to watch. But uh, I think it kind of, there's a marriage between what you see behind the scenes and then what you see on game day, certainly. And the game day part is where, the fans are going to be able to, to make their own evaluations. And certainly that's going to be fun, right? Everybody had a, a, an opinion on Ryan Tannehill over seven years, and everybody's going to have their opinion on Josh Rosen, good or bad, in 2019. Now now that we've talked about 2019 a lot, I do, I do want to look ahead a little bit to 2020 because Miami's got a lion's share of, of draft picks. They've got an estimated, I think it's $120 million in cap space. What do you see Miami doing with that if if Josh Rosen works out here? Let, let's just go with if Josh Rosen works out. Um, obviously, if he doesn't, a, a portion of that is going to be invested into trying to get a Herbert or a Tua Tagliavola. It's a boring exercise. Let's go with if Josh Rosen does work out. How do you see Miami utilizing all that cap space, all of those draft picks? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the most exciting and enticing scenario in my mind because if you can figure out the quarterback spot, if they're convinced after one season that Josh Rosen has the goods and that they think he can be the franchise quarterback that they haven't been able to find since Marino retired, then that should make everything much more easy or much easier, excuse me, because, you know, you'll have a, a still a very good draft pick in the first round, but instead of having to pick a quarterback or maneuver your way to get the quarterback you like, then you can get the, the, the best player available that's not a quarterback. So whether that's a pass rusher, whether that's a cornerback, I mean, they're going to have so much flexibility uh, in that regard and, and be able to move around and really stockpile this 
roster with plenty of young talent that should be able to contribute in the near future. And then on top of that, you mentioned the $120-plus million they're projected to have. I still don't see them spending wildly like they used to in past years, where I think the mentality at that point was, hey, we're just a few players away. Let's make a splash here and there, and that's going to be the difference, and that's going to help us contend and be a consistent winner. And it just hasn't proven to be the case because they were never able to marry bringing in the right guys with also drafting the right guys. It just hasn't worked for them. So I think you could make the argument that they're going with the New England Patriots approach that they could still you know, make a splash for like the Patriots have in, in the recent years for like a Stephon Gilmore. And so they'll make an exception for a, a talent they really like. But for the most part, I think what Flores said at his introductory press conference will probably rule the day. And he said that instead of having one great player, he, he'd much rather have three high-quality players who maybe aren't stars. And so I think if that's been the mentality that they're taking, that they'll have a lot of cap flexibility, but I don't see them making big splashes for all the hot-name, big-name free agents, but instead spread that out amongst a lot of quality players who may not have the star power. It's funny you say that because I'm flashing back. I believe we actually had a similar conversation last offseason when they were talking about whether or not to extend Jarvis Landry about, like, look, do you want Jarvis Landry or do you want a really good guard, a really good tackle, and maybe a defensive end to mix into, the, into that or a linebacker? And, you know, it's, 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 it's a very similar approach, I think, which I can't help but be happy with. Now, while you were talking, I, I di- it did occur to me, and I'm curious what your take is. Say, for whatever reason, they figure out that they couldn't get a fair evaluation of Rosen this season. If you're Chris Greer in the Dolphins' front office, do you continue to kind of bounce picks forward to the 2021 draft and look, at it, look to be able to move up and get a Jake Fromm if you want another year to evaluate Rosen with a better cast around him, given what Miami has for next offseason? Yeah, I mean, I've heard that as a possibility because, you know, people are really excited about the idea of Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> right, from Clemson. And so yeah. I, I've heard that mentality and, and that uh, line of thinking. But I don't know, Paul, the way I look at it is uh, I don't want to extend this out longer than it has to. So maybe I'm just no. impatient. But I'd much prefer them figure out one way or the other on Rosen in a year's time. And maybe that's not fair to him. And I think you make a good point that if, if the roster is what we're all anticipating, it really that's what it's going to be because they don't have uh, – the, we're at a point in the, the offseason where they can still add some pieces, but it's not like they're going to be major, major difference makers. So the, the 2019 season for the Dolphins is still going to be a struggle. I think it, it's now – going to be exciting because you have a quarterback to evaluate but I still don't anticipate them winning a whole lot of games so with that in mind you know you can make the argument what you're saying there is that hey Rosen may not get a fair chance and it's not going to be perfect for him but I think the Dolphins have put themselves in this position and they've got to figure it out in a year and if in a year they're not completely convinced that Josh Rosen is the guy then get your quarterback in 2020 in in the draft and if if they, they do like Josh Rosen then you can stick with them and have a lot of flexibility. But I don't like this idea of extending this whole rebuild uh, an extra year just because they want to give Rosen more time. That, to me, is kind of the same mentality as they had with Ryan Tannehill, where it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, we think he's good enough. We'll make an excuse. They need to improve this. They need to improve that. 
And he was never good enough to take anybody over the top, and they wasted a lot of time on Tannehill. He's a great guy, always a good person, and wasn't a bad quarterback, but he wasn't great. And so I just would hate to see them doing that with Josh Rosen as well. No, I think we've all learned learned over the years that if there's a quarterback you believe in, you take them then and there. I mean, we saw the Packers do it with Aaron Rodgers, even though they had Brett Favre still still effective. You know, we've seen teams do it through the years, and those seem to be the teams that stick towards that forefront, the ones that come hell or high water are going to take their guy. I mean, we saw the Pats do it with Jimmy Garoppolo uh, a few years back. So it's, yeah, regardless, to me, regardless of how Rosen plays out, if there's a quarterback in that draft, I, I think you take him. And you know what? Maybe maybe you're in a scenario where he doesn't pan out either, and now you're in position to go after Trevor Lawrence, regardless, in the following draft. So I'm with you there. Um, now, a couple more quick questions. Is Devontae Parker, is this the year he breaks out? I, I'm so tired of being enticed by this. I know a lot of fans are, are struggling with it. They're not really willing to get excited about it anymore. He he did get extended for the fifth-year option. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Paul, I mean, <laughs> I, I, like, let, let's be honest. Like, every every offseason, right, we're all hopeful. And, and there's never been a doubt that he's got the physical ability. It's just yeah. a matter of whether he can put it together from a health standpoint and really psychologically and being a professional. So, you know, I, I've always liked Devontae Parker. He's a good guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a man of very few words, uh, but I, I'm hoping for the best. I think that the what they did here in the ideal scenario that they provided is that they, they gave him, what, the two-year, $10 million contract. So, you know, they, they didn't actually give him that fifth-year option, which would have been more Correct. money. And, and essentially, it's just a, a one-year show-me contract. And if, if he plays well, then great, right? It's, it's similar to, to Josh Rosen. It's kind of like found money. But if he doesn't, yeah. then it's like, okay, he, it's more of the same. We know we're, we're getting from him. But I think the value that they got him at, when you compare his contract to what the other receivers on the open market were signing for this offseason, it's like what you're getting in Devontae with a combination of potential and uh, the, the physical ability, uh, I think they couldn't pass that up. And so I was of the mindset, Paul, I probably like a lot of Dolphins fans, that Devontae Parker had played his last game in a Dolphins uniform. And then when they re-signed him, I was like, whoa, that's, this is curious. But when you find out the, the contract details, you're like, okay, you know, I can live with this for another year just to see if they can finally get out of their former first-round pick what we had all hoped they could when they originally drafted him. One question that's been bouncing around a lot of Dolphins social media out there uh, is a little bit of an odd question in my mind, uh, but – I wanted to get your take while we have you on here. We're actually going to be doing a show about it ourselves here just to discuss it. And we're on two opposing sides. I won't tell you which one I'm on, so I don't sway you at all. Does Ricky Williams belong in the Dolphins ring of honor? Hmm. That's a really, really good question there. Uh, because <laughs> you could argue that he, he's been their most, they're their most effective and most productive and best running back right in franchise history in terms of pure talent. Um, but the way in which he left certainly was uh, not, not under the best circumstances and, and not which the time? way I did. <laughs> but, right. I mean, so, 
and he's he's such an enigmatic guy, right? So I know that fan favorite, really productive, and you know I've had a chance to interview him a couple times, and he's actually a really really intelligent, thoughtful guy, which I think a lot of people know in seeing him. But he's certainly a, a different character. Oh, man, I, I think that you could argue for his talent, but I don't know. I, considering some of the controversy surrounding him. I may argue that he doesn't get in just thinking about the way that the organization works. So I, I probably side with no, but uh, I think that's, that's a very good and very interesting question that you guys are bringing up. Well, cat, cat will be excited to hear that you're on his side of, of the debate we're about to have. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to pass that along to him. Um, well, I didn't. I didn't have the most convincing argument, so you know. I, no, I it was kind of like your John Snow argument last episode. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's right right on the <laughs> fence there. <laughs> Any other Dolphins topics that you want to mention to our listeners? Make sure you let our listeners know. I know we mentioned you're on 790 The Ticket, 560 WQAM. Anything else you want our listeners to hear from you? Well, I, I just think. Paul, and not to be repetitive, but I'm really looking forward to the upcoming season. And I don't think I would have said the same thing uh, maybe just a week or two ago. Because had they not traded for Josh Rosen or they've not addressed the quarterback position in some form or fashion, I think this 2019 season was going to be really, really long and difficult to get through. Because I know that it'd be great to see the development of Christian Wilkins, but let's be honest. How many people are watching interior defensive line play on a down-in, down-out basis, right? I mean, you want to see yeah. if you can hit on the quarterback. You want to see if you've got some talent at wide receiver running back. You want to see if you can score points. So I think that the entire complexion of the 2019 season has changed in a really positive way for all Dolphins fans and media alike. So 2019, we now have a purpose is to see what Josh Rosen is or isn't. And I can't wait to, to go along the ride with everybody because uh, I think that for as much as Fitzpatrick seems like a good dude and for as much as there are little victories here and there that people will be rooting for, uh, you know, as far as uh, roster construction and roster development, certainly everybody's interested to see what the new coaching staff is like. Uh, nothing beats the potential of a, of a quarterback. And so I, I think that's what I'm uh, looking forward to as we uh, get into this summer and look ahead to 2019 season. So I'm going to jump in and put you a little bit on the spot with, with, with this question. It's not, it's a little bit about the upcoming season or, or a subsequent one potentially, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, I, I, I couldn't go myself and, and look these guys in the face. I'm sure Michelle and Igor would ask you themselves if they were here, when are you going to campaign the radio station to send you up for a MetLife takeover? <laughs> oh my goodness i you know what with the current state of uh of radio uh i i think that <laughs> that we either need to start a gofundme page or i just need to pay my my own way up there and then uh then get a media credential but uh I, i'll work on that i i don't i don't see that happening anytime soon i i think here's the real problem paul if we're going to answer this more seriously is normally I'm doing a pregame show on one of the stations. Yep. And so those emanate from our broadcast studio uh, in Miami. And so if that's the case, it's very difficult for me to travel uh, during the football season, uh, c considering I have to do that. So uh, maybe one of these days we can, we can make it work because I've seen, you know, be between you know all the different 
fans from all over the country that uh, that really converge on MetLife Stadium. It's awesome. I always see it on social media. I know we've we've done interviews in the past when I was working on the Finsiders promoting it. So I, I give everybody a ton of credit because I think it's just an awesome movement. Uh, and one of these days, I'd love to experience it firsthand. So I'm I'm jealous of, of all you guys that get to go to that. Now, I will tell you, if you want a sneaky, inexpensive way to come up, Sam came up a few years ago, and I saw that winter coat he wears. There is no <laughs> way that, that, that he can get it. I mean, he could completely hide you inside this winter coat, and no one would know you're there until you pop out. So you wouldn't even need a ticket to the game or a media credential. Just hide in Sam's coat, and you're in. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. So, Sam, Sam can't handle the cold, man. He's he's been in Florida way too long. Although, you know, it's great for him. But we've we've kind of lost Sam now. That he's uh, now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs coaching staff. So he's got to get used to that cold weather. God, I miss him. I miss him already. You know, it's it's. I mean, how great is he to talk to? I mean, uh, he he was just so fantastic with all the fans every time I saw him. And yeah, he's he's God. the best. <laughs> so final final question for you here, Greg. Last episode, we talked about who was going to sit on the Iron Throne. You came up with maybe Jon Snow-ish, kind of, sort of, maybe talked yourself out of it. Either way, the way it pans out, sounds like Cersei is not going to be amongst the living when we get to the end of it. I know we had the prophecy out there, but there's a whole host of folks coming for her. Who takes Cersei out at the end of this season? Well, you know what's interesting, Paul, since I, I didn't bring a strong opinion on Jon Snow, uh, something struck me in the uh, most recent episode, and that, you know, when you go back to this whole idea that uh, Arya is going to shut the eyes permanently, uh, you know, brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, and so a lot of people thought oh, Cersei would be the green eyes. I have a hunch that the green eyes, because I just noticed she had green eyes, at least in the most recent episode, that Arya may shut permanently are those of Khaleesi. So ah. that that's just a gut feeling of mine. So I, I think that would probably surprise a lot of people. So I, that's that's stronger take slash uh, theory than uh, my Jon Snow on the Iron Throne. As far as who kills Cersei, uh, I, man, the other thing that I, I thought would be really interesting is what if Arya stole the face of Jamie Lannister and then killed her as Jamie Lannister. You are the second person to bring that theory to me today alone. The other we didn't do an interview <laughs> with. So, you know, but I, I've had that thought as well, because let's face it, the face that's going to do it at the very least is going to be Jamie Lannister. They've said it way too shell gameish that it would be Tyrion and only briefly mention the fact that Jamie was younger than Cersei. We know there was the prophecy out there. And Jamie was on her list. So, God, I can't wait to see that either. It's something to fill our time a little bit until football season comes back around. Anyway, Greg, I, that, huge thank sure. you for what, joining us. What are we gonna, Paul, what are we going to do, man? There's only two episodes left. What are we going to do to fill the time once Game of Thrones ends? I, I think I'm going to do what uh, – what, uh, what's his face there? James Corden did with one of his interns and just lock myself in a room with the entire box set and watch it beginning to end without sleeping and – if you haven't seen that video, it's worth watching, by the way. He builds his own okay. Iron Throne out of Pringles cans while he's watching it at this point, by the end of it. So pretty <laughs> pretty impressive stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I think I'll be talking about mini camps and pining away for July at that point in time. So 
I'm re- I'm ready now. I mean, there's so many interesting storylines for us to follow as as this off season wears on, and even as the season wears on this year. I, and reason for optimism, as I know you've outlined. For sure, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Can't get here soon enough, and so for now, we'll have to deal with the rookie mini camps, the other mini camps, OTAs, and I, I'm hoping they add a few more named players in the coming weeks as well that we'll be discussing. So anyway, Greg, huge thanks from us for joining us. For our listeners out there, make sure you follow us out on YouTube, Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the usual sources. Go ahead and hit our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com where a portion always goes to charity. And if it's not on the right side, it's not on the left side. It is on the fin side. So Lodi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Fin side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side. side, and it must be the fifth left. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.